0: Welcome to TNT ESQ, I'm Rhys Thomas, I'm here with my co-host Teresa Quinlan. We make up the TNT, we are here to explode the status quo. This series is all about talking with people, think differently, so we can start doing differently. Our guest today is Josie Nakash, a Canadian by birth, growing up with a British father, now residing in Israel. Josie is the founder of the Good Vibe Agency. She's an active participant in the Humans First Club writing a summary article and LinkedIn post that shares all the learnings from our human's first time together. The time has come to fill the world with positive, uplifting and meaningful content that provides people with guidance they really need. We're really looking forward to talking about just how we can do that. Welcome Josie, we're so grateful to have you with us today.
1: Thank you, but it's hard to follow after that British accent. You sound so, you know, official. official. does sound very
2: official (laughs) let's get serious everybody (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) this is gonna be serious okay so look we kick off with the usual question we want to talk about your obsession obsession in a good way it's your passion but it's taken to the next level so you're obsessed with the need for each individual to understand their human nature the systems we exist in and how we can positively influence human nature through connection We believe there are really simple things we must be doing in order to generate a new positive energy that influences the whole world and you speak quite passionately about this. I want to ask you where did this all begin for you?
1: It all began, we're all searching for something in this world and sometimes things happen in life that cause you to intensify this search. With me, it was losing two of my sisters, one right after the other. And I'm talking about it like this because it was over 30 years ago. I lost the first one right at the end of my two-year army service. Uh, She died giving birth here. And a year later, my sister closest to me committed suicide. Beautiful, gorgeous, smart, amazing sisters. And then I suddenly said, you know, wait a second, what's going on here? This is super weird. Like, something's going on. I ha- what's going on? But you know, then you push it aside. You have that thought. And these things only happen in life so that you'll have a thought like that. There's no other reason. There's no other purpose for any trauma, breaking your leg or having an accident. Anything that's out of the ordinary is to wake you up a bit and to ask that question, what's going on? Why am I here? So it happened to me and I was young I couldn't deal with it of course I pushed it away I pushed it away I ran off you know I went abroad and tried to find myself tried to pull myself together you know I tried to sweep it all under the carpet because that's what I had been taught at home to do That went on for quite a few years and then at a certain point I came back to Israel and you know after a lot of soul searching and going through a, a lot of things this is like a decade later I discovered the wisdom of Kabbalah. And when people hear that word, they think Madonna, they think red strings, holy water, they think millions of dollars, mansions in Beverly Hills. That's another kind of Kabbalah. (laughs) That's the fake Kabbalah. I'm talking about the real Kabbalah that comes out from Israel that's translated and spread to the whole world for free from this building I'm sitting in and nobody makes millions of dollars from it, far from it, spread to the whole world in many languages and the whole point is for nobody to profit from it in any way. And if you do profit from it, it actually harms your spirituality. Because I'm a marketing professional, at the time I was also just becoming a really big startup consultant and really big and I'm an English speaker and these companies would come to me and they would be like, I have the most amazing technology, the whole world is going to come knocking down my door to get this technology. I'm like, no, they're not. They don't understand what the hell you do. (laughs) You don't know how to present it or, you know. In those days, people didn't even really know what marketing was in Israel. You know, now they've become a lot more worldly and everything. But in those days, it was, it was all new. So I became this big PR, marketing consultant. And when you come to Kabbalah, you realize that the whole point, especially for someone like me, is to spread it to the rest of the world. My biggest passion is to spread it to the world. It's a very difficult thing to spread, though, because it goes against the human ego. So people aren't really ready for it. There's some people that are very evolved and they're more open to it. They've sort of been awakened like I was, rudely awakened. So they eventually find their way to Kabbalah. And right now I'm at a point really where I'm not trying to teach people Kabbalah, like that's not my agenda. My agenda is getting the messages out of Israel, the code of connection, the code of love that needs to get out of Israel to the rest of the world. That's Israel's true brand. That's Israel's true mission in the world. Even Israel isn't aware of that. Even Israelis aren't aware of that. That's the greatest thing we have to give to the world apart from all this technology it's really very simple things like I know we're going to get into some like consciousness things a bit further on but these things are very simple so my whole dream all these the last decade what I've been trying to do and not very successfully is you know get through to the big brands I would love to see very simple messages on cereal boxes on milk cartons. and what are the messages The things we talk about in humans first, you know, it's very simple human messages that even a six-year-old can understand. Let's be kinder to each other. Let's understand human nature. Let's understand that we have this ego growing inside of us. It's evolving. It's, It's demanding more and more things. Let's all be aware of the system we exist in, how we're designed opposite to the system for a reason it's all designed this way let's be aware of it let's learn it let's teach this even to kids in school people think it's about religion it's not about religion it's a science that's above all religions and i'm not a kabbalah teacher by the way far from it there's if you want to have like a proper kabbalah lesson there's like a lot of people i can bring you i'm not a at all a certified teacher but i i do like spreading you know the the big concepts The big concepts are really, let's be nicer to each other, because you can see how much chaos there is in the world, because it's all the eco erupting, these shootings that you see, and all these tragedies, they're totally preventable, if we were just aware of what we were dealing with. And another thing that we're dealing with is all these negative examples that everybody's exposed to. Your kids growing up in America and London, especially, I think, even more so than Israel, I'm talking about media. I went abroad and, you know, you see kids everywhere. They're playing these really, really violent games Mm -hmm. with guns, you know, and it's like, these are the examples kids are exposed to thousands of examples like this Mm -hmm. and in the movies and in the commercials and everywhere you go, there's, you know, you're not even aware of it.
2: I think that's interesting that in all likelihood, we might be aware aware that it's there. We even hear people talking about, you know, it's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. What we might be unaware of is how desensitized it makes us as an individual and how it creates for us an untruth in probably our reality or a global reality of the human experience. So video game experience, but that is actually someone's real life experience. And there's a desensitization that occurs there.
1: Kids learn from example. So when my daughter was growing up, because I'm aware of all these things, I went and did all kinds of things that I wouldn't have done if I wasn't aware of how important the example that I have to give her was. You know, I'm the kind of person when she got older, she realized that I'm not very good at standing in line waiting for something now that she's older, you know, but when I was, when she was younger, I controlled myself. It was very important to me that she would always get good examples from me. This is not because we're super nice people and I'm the kindest person in the world. No, I'm a perfectly normal person. I get angry. I want to, you know, I honk my horn and everything. But we have to be aware that we all have this growing urge inside us to like knock everybody else off the road. Why? I don't think 40 years ago in Canada, when we were driving along in our Land Rover, I think we were a lot more chilled out. You know, we were going, we were heading for the mountains, we were going skiing. And now people are charged and they have this.
0: Do you think that urge um, will label it ego? Do you think that was, um, do you think that's an innate thing in, in every human? Or do you think it's really been magnified because of you know the negative examples in the media do you think it would have do you think it exists already and it's just being popularized and 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 magnified like that like I said
1: there's nature nature which is perfect harmonious everything's interdependent and there's human nature we were designed the exact opposite to nature we were designed to take for ourselves we are a total bulk mass of ego (laughs) that's how we were designed Designed to consume,
2: designed to take, designed we to We were designed
1: to take. The, the nature is giving and harmonious and connected mm-hmm. and interdependent. It's a whole system. And we are purposely designed opposite to the system. Up until our time, that was fine. And human evolution and there were wars and all kinds of awakenings collectively, individually, But in our time, we are the first generation that is supposed to take independent steps in this system. There's never been an opportunity like this before. We're the most sophisticated generation. Humanity has reached a point where it's no longer enough for us. You know, we have houses, we have clothes, we have food. And now it's time for us to discover, you know, what's beyond that stuff. Animals also have some of those things, you know, animals also eat. And it's not enough. We're very, very sophisticated beings. And that's no longer enough. Honor, knowledge, fame, fortune. We're reaching a place where people are actually, we we've we filled ourselves. How much more clothes can you stuff in your closet? How many more cars do you need that and you think it's going to make you happy? We've reached a point in our evolution where there's something else. And that next stage is a spiritual stage where we're going to discover all these things about ourselves and togetherness. Well, it could potentially be argued that we've been ready for that for a while. Like definitely since
2: I was born. So at least 47 years, we've been ready for that. I've never wanted for anything. Is it necessary for every person on the planet? What, what what were you, what,
1: what did you feel 47 years ago? Oh, I don't know. When I was born, I had no idea what I felt forty seven no years. but what do you mean that you you felt you were ready for it ready like
2: what oh way? what I meant by that is I've never wanted for anything there has always been food shelter love but like the, all of those things were already existed so I really didn't have to pursue it until a time where I was then independent of my family and then needed to then needed to pursue those things for my own acquisition so my point is that we likely as humanity have been ready for it for a while or some of us have been ready for for a while because we haven't needed to pursue those things that might be uh,
1: basic necessities
2: survival so here's the thing not everyone on the planet has basic survival there are people who don't have that so how then collectively as humanity are we ready
1: because we are totally the whole world is out of balance and that's just one indication of it because there's a ton of food thrown out every day Mm. there's tons of clothes that are being burned because they don't they can't sell them anymore for fifty-five thousand dollars. so they're destroying this expensive uh, you know this expensive merchandise there's there's no shortage of anything in the world the only problem is the growing human ego and The growing human ego is one thing for people like us, who are sort of normal, but the rich and the wealthy, no matter how many zeros they have in their bank account, it's never enough. They're always going to want more. You know, we're at a certain level of finance that we want a certain thing, but for them, they have to have lots and lots of zeros to feel good. This has been putting the world out of balance. We've been raping the, you know, the planet to produce all these things that we don't really need. You know, this isn't anything new that I'm talking about. It all comes down to human nature and the ego of taking far, far more than we really need. And you know what? We're already discovering that it doesn't really make us happy. What does all this materialism led us to? Depression and substance abuse and divorce. And, you know, we, we know all these things already. There's only one wisdom of thought explaining this thing about the ego, because a lot of people do yoga, it makes you feel calm, and there's a huge, huge business around things like yoga nowadays and you know fitness and
2: mindfulness,
1: meditation. mindfulness. Meditation. mindfulness. Yeah, all those things are great, but they calm the ego, especially Eastern methods. They're designed to calm the ego. The wisdom of Kabbalah is the only wisdom in the world where it's talking about the ego and it's not in any way trying to calm the ego. It's like continue developing your ego, continue developing in a perfectly natural way. We don't want to stop anything. We don't want to put the brakes on anything. We don't want to calm you down, but we want you to understand what's going on and we want you to use this excess ego or this extra energy or whatever you want to call it We want you to use it in a better direction for all of humanity, not directed at yourself. Because we know already that doing for others is what really makes us happy. But we are conditioned to fill ourselves, fill and more and more and more. Right now, we're dealing with a very interesting subject, the world, consciousness. This is what we're talking about. But the minute we go off this call, what are you going to do? You're going to either, you know, you're thinking about what am I going to eat? What am I going to watch? What am I going to, con- you know, that's 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 our the world we live in. So imagine if you were in an environment where you were constantly conditioned not to think of yourself and you were conditioned to think about the world and how to get these messages out to the world and how to help people be aware of this new stage. And we can prevent all this suffering in the world if we connect to this, you know, collective consciousness, this network that we spoke about. You know. Imagine if you were in an environment, you decided to be in an environment that brainwashed you 24-7, because right now you are in an environment completely brainwashed, that you need to buy certain things, and you need to act a certain way, and you have to have, be on one party or the other. Okay. Imagine if you were in an environment that the only important thing was to teach people about this new stage of humanity so that they wouldn't have to go through all this chaos and confusion and suffering. They could transition to the next stage in a pleasant way.
2: So I think what becomes really difficult when considering, imagine yourself in a place, right, ha- having no marker of I've done this before. It makes it very difficult for people to then look forward and go. Imagine yourself in a place because what starts to happen is I start to think of what, what would I be doing? So internally I start asking myself the question of, well, it isn't about doing it's about being. So I'm trying to correct the programming thought of like, I get it. I get it. It all makes beautiful sense. I think, yes, that would be a lovely space to be in. And then all of a sudden I start going to the pre-programming, but, but what would I be doing? Could I still have conversations like this? <laughs> Could I still right be thinking about, Oh, I need to make dinner. I'm going to make dinner for my family. Right? So the whole concept while sounding lovely the individual transition to that much of a leap towards something. No, I'm talking
1: talked, about two right?
2: total So it's so mind blowing. So I'm
1: talking about two total extremes, of course. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely right. So the what we're looking for, but I think it'd be great for our conversation and our audience listening are these things like, what's like. Next. So if I am listening to you speak and I'm saying, yes, I do have enough, oh my goodness, I have been brainwashed and I have been listening to these messages, I'm ready to start making a change. Is that step
1: number one? I think if you're asking yourself, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? Why are we all here? That's sort of number one. And one of the tricks we do is we say, anything that's going on in your life, Instead of just jumping in with your ego, which we naturally do, you know, we get angry at people, we're offended. Any human situation, try to stand on the side and imagine that you're you're watching your ego. Try to look at it objectively, because the whole point of the wisdom of Kabbalah is we have a method. I've I've told you about it a few times. The circles method. And the whole point of the circle is that you go a little bit above your ego and you can connect with other human beings above your differences, above your ego. You can create a positive flow of energy, mutual respect. We automatically, when somebody's talking to us during the day, you're thinking a million things. You're thinking, I'm prettier than them. I'm smarter than them. I have nicer clothes than them. I have my kids are better behaved than that. You know, you're automatically judging other people and you're comparing yourself to other people try to listen with an open heart try not to judge try to shut down that automatic criticism that judgment try to just keep a positive flow of energy in the circle that's really it's not hard it's just a matter of taking the time to do that you say it's not hard and for me
2: like the, the execution is probably difficult the formula is simple like the concept is simple execution on it might be a little bit challenging
1: Um, Well, you know, it's just a matter of practice and you know how we're always talking about CEOs who they don't want to waste time doing these things. Well, you're going to see soon that CEOs are going to be wasting a lot of time doing things like this because their companies just aren't going to be able to function. We're going to get to a point where people are going to come to work and they're, they're not going to want to be with the other people that they sit next to. They just they're not even going to be able to be in the same room as them. They're going to have to understand what's going on so that they can function. Because really, we know that companies, you know, the team has to function together. You know, when you think about it, everything in our world is interconnected. Any, you pick up any object, parts of it came from all over the world, you know. We're living in a global interdependent world. We need to understand. We need to keep it in balance. We need to keep things running smoothly. There's four layers of nature And we are the most sophisticated layer. We're the human speaking layer. Everything that happens at the other layers of nature are affected by us, by humans. And not by you, by yourself, or you by yourself. Us, how we interact, affects all those other layers of nature. So when you talk about climate disasters and things happening with animals and extinction and Alaska and all those things, it's us. You know, we like to focus on these. Let's do this huge campaign. Let's pick up all the plastic bottles in the world. Imagine if we just focused on the hardest part, fixing human relations. It's very, very difficult. It's the, we're going to get to it last because it's challenging. It's annoying. It's work. It's the real work.
0: I think the irony is that we're obviously all interconnected, as you say, but I think we've been manipulated in a way to be more individualistic and that mindset is what needs to, to shift. We are aware of the need for this sort of collective change, but making that step, making that shift as an individual, how do I do that? How do I engage with a circle? How do I understand that positive energy that just by stepping above myself, how can I connect with people? If, if I'm listening to this podcast, I mean, I'm intrigued by everything you're saying as I am, but how do I then take that next step of actually doing? Cause I want, I want to focus on the doing and the practicality side of this. Cause the the, the theory that we're talking about is, is super interesting, but I want to know how to turn that into an actual being. You know, as, as I as can system.
1: say to you, uh, you know, we have these Kamala courses and everything, but I'm not going to say that to you because I'm going to tell you that I came across this human's first thing yeah and that's why the first meeting i was in i was like oh my god who are you people you're just connecting for the sake of connecting you know and i i started coming to the meetings and i just i i I couldn't believe that there's a group of people and it felt very much like being with with the people that you know i study kabbalah with it was a very similar feeling we have zoom meetings all the time in our group with people from all over the world. The only thing, the only agenda on the table is to strengthen our connection. So the first time I came, I was like, oh my God, who are you people? And, and you, you can go back to my posts from the beginning and you'll see that I've documented, I wrote that. I'm like, oh my God, these people are just connecting for the sake of connecting it's starting off as a really small thing. And now we have the London call and you're going to see that it's going to spread because it's absolutely what the world needs. And we don't need to have any fancy names for it. And we don't, you know, need to scare people with like all these complicated, you know, not everybody can, can talk about things like consciousness and, you know, a higher purpose. And, you know, that's not for everyone, but anyone. And we've, seen it we have proof anyone can join this circle and express themselves and you know we all get high from those conversations you know afterwards you have you know you have a bit of the munchies and stuff you actually got a bit high you you notice next time you actually got a bit high from that human connection now that feeling that we have when we're in the circle that is the fuel for the next stage. So once we become aware of this, we're going to schedule more conversations like that. We're going to put it into how effective are people? Are people effective for 10 hours at work? No, they're effective for four hours. It's a scientific fact. So why not spend the other four hours working on human connection? The companies that get that are going to go flying. And a lot of other companies are going to close down because they're stuck in these you know, corporate things that don't work anymore. These egoistic pyramid structures that they just don't work anymore. Companies have to be a lot flatter. We have to close the gaps. We have to balance things out. We have to bring women up, not because women are better or anything like that, because they've been underrepresented, underrepresented anyone that's been not represented enough in the workforce or anywhere else. We have to balance things out.
2: I had this conversation today with an individual who is new to leadership and so i am her coach in this program that she's taken we meet five times over the course of eight months to really talk about things like how are you applying the information that you've read and that's sort of what's in the document of what we're supposed to do and in our conversation she said so what are we doing and i said you're the individual who's learning about leadership what do you want to talk about and she's like, oh, good, because I have a list here and I really hope we would get to it. She says, I'm really having a hard time connecting with other people. And I said, wow. why is that? I said, why, why do you think that is? Because it's very much our human nature to connect with other people. She's We're like, wired for connection. Yes. And she says, I don't really know. And so we just stayed silent for a minute. And then I asked her the question do you think the barrier is just you? Like feeling your worth, your worthiness, knowing that your judgments and assumptions of yourself are not their judgments and assumptions. Or if you're bringing judgments and assumptions of other people, you're assuming they have those things about you. And this is a really big barrier between connecting with someone and then helping to guide or lead them in the role of quote unquote leadership. And she's like, I never thought about that before. And there was a moment of me that thought back to humans first, that thought oh, I'm helping someone. <laughs> I felt like someone in their awakening a little bit of just considering what might be their barrier. And she's, when she left, she said, I wrote down a lot of things that I really need to think about some more. You gave me a lot of things to think about. And I remember the people of, throughout my life, who gave me things to think about, that got me outside of my own head to look at my life, to look with my ego, at my ego, how am I behaving? And we know that there are so many people in our world like that, right? It it takes a village, it takes a tribe. There are some villages and tribes that are doing this already. So it isn't like humans first is the first. Although the more and more we have these concentrated efforts that grow and grow and grow, the more we then absorb the rest of the stuff that we just don't want to have happening anymore.
1: But what I also want to say is that you, you might not always feel like doing these things. You might say like, oh, I'd rather go swimming or something, you know, rather than work on connection. And why am I wasting my time or this hour connecting with people? but that 's the whole thing. We need to be aware that all this is sort of going against the ego. The ego has a lot of other things to to keep us busy with. so we need to be aware of this, and we need to understand that we 're sort of playing a game like kids, and we 're acting and a lot of times you know the human 's first call is at eight p m uh, seven p m on friday night i 'm tired. It's not really a great ideal time for me to be on a Zoom call and everything but I always come and I show up because I'm trained enough my my ego uh, you know has been through a lot in the last 20 years and I know it's going to be worth it for me to overcome my ego It's a matter just of practicing. There's this muscle for connection. We're wired for connection. And it's just a matter of using this muscle more and more and more. And even if you use it artificially, even if I say, you know, put some hearts on LinkedIn, I'm not really feeling it, but I put them there. And, you know, you practice until habit becomes second nature. I want to be brainwashed in this environment where we understand that we're here for connection, we understand the importance of activating our global connection, and I wanna be brainwashed here. I don't wanna be brainwashed over there, I wanna be brainwashed here by these people. The people who you spend time with, you are automatically influenced by whatever they're thinking, that's what you're thinking. Environment, it all comes down to the environment, the environment that you spend your time in, that's what defines you.
0: So what would you say the essence is of connection then? If some people who wanted to take a first step in it, I mean, for me, I think it comes down to communication. I feel like it's something that's being lost. I feel like it's something that is at the centre of what? Humans first group, let's use that example now as we're talking about it. That is what it's about. It's about clarity, it's about communication and it's about not having any assumptions. It's about not having any pre, pre-existing agendas. How they take that first step toward connectedness. I, I'm listening to this the first time. You're blowing my mind by the idea about connection. What do I do to step into that?
1: Well, we just had an amazing retreat in, in Poconos in the States. Um, I think there were 200 people there. There's a clip on my LinkedIn page. A lot of those people didn't even know they were coming to a Kabbalah retreat. They just, somebody brought them and they didn't even know what what Kabbalah was. But you know what they did? They sat in the lessons they have meals together and it's not normal meals because also during the meals, we focus on connection. Certain things are read. Everything, everything is geared toward connection. Mm. So imagine you're in a place where you turn off your phones and for three days, putting yourself in this place where you're going to go through a, a serious transformation. You're going to just think about connection. Imagine the world we live in right now that is all about disconnection, all these separations between us, it's, it's an illusion. We're not really separated. There's not really black and white people. You know, our world was created like this just to give us an illusion of separation. And now we have to find our way back to seeing that we are really one. We're, 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 we're all parts of the same soul.
2: Really some small steps what works for me and my family is that we in the busyness of our lives ensure we schedule connection we'll get to that space where we don't have to schedule it
1: anymore and how who does that nowadays i don't think anybody does that anymore yeah
2: i think that there are i think that there are people out there that are doing that i think that we're kind of every which way in our day and what's important to us is we always have dinner together, and we all face each other at dinner time as well. You know the t v does not is not on, no devices are at the table. They're sort of creating and cultivating the environment to encourage connection to happen right so there's a combination of things I think Reese with your question is we want to be doing more of the things that create the environment for connection and also being mindful of then removing the things that take us away from it or distract it from us a little bit. I would love to know because you said this earlier, you know, in our exploration or awakening, one of the bigger questions to be able to answer is, you know, why are you here? And I would just love to know, do you know your why are you here? You've been working on it for a while. Do you know yours?
1: We're all here for the same reason. We're here to discover our purpose. Our purpose is to discover this method of connection, to realize our maximum potential in this lifetime. You know, people think there's all kinds of things, you know, after I die, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. No, here in this lifetime, you can realize you can become a a superhuman. You know, you can have superpowers, real superpowers. Right now, we're only using like two or three percent of our human capability. Imagine if you could expose yourself to a much bigger spectrum of really it's all about human connection and just think how much our world is set up now commercially and for people to get richer and we have all these gadgets and all these phones and how much separation are these phones. Technology wasn't intended for that. If we became aware of why we're here, what the meaning of life is, we would understand that we can use all this technology to connect us better. That's what it's really all for. And right now, because we're lacking this awareness, we're using it in the exact opposite direction.
2: Right. Oh, that's a good one right there. Look at that. Look at that nugget. Okay. So we have a hashtag and a question. Mm-mm, this is me being
1: cool. <laughs> I'm not a fat thinker. On, um, for those who aren't
2: watching, I'm doing like a hashtag symbol with my fingers. <laughs> we can't not pay attention to the purification of our ego so that we can connect with human nature and shift it we can't not pay attention to the importance of kindness over chaos our spirituality to help reduce suffering so to help our listeners Josie I think it would be really beneficial if you were to be able to provide one recommendation that you think would be the maybe the simplest for people to absorb and start doing today to move them towards
1: that future what would it be I would say, especially mothers, the simplest thing, really, I'm thinking about mothers because women are concerned about the next generation. You know, women can really use their motherly concern. This is what I'm actually seeing right now, that they're using their motherly concern inside the environment of business. They're creating these amazing environments where people feel great. You go into one place and you feel like this toxic, bad vibes, everybody's like fear and competition, you know, and you go into another company, and there's this amazing vibe, they're all very serious, and they're working hard. And you know, they want to please the boss and everything. But there's an amazing, amazing vibe. What's the difference between those two places, we really need to focus on creating these positive environments. And we also need to be aware even as we're creating these positive environments what human nature is really like you know we're living in a time where the ego is is growing we need to be aware we need to sink ourselves out we need to balance ourselves very simple things that companies can do we need to activate our global connection there's lots of global high-tech companies here where they have teams dispersed all over the world so If you're a team that's far from the headquarters, you're thinking something happens and you're thinking, oh, they're about to fire all of us. We're living in a world that, you know, the trust levels and all those things are going down all the time. The more these teams connect, take the time to connect the global team. Not for us to learn about a sales pitch, to actually connect, update each other, laugh a bit, tell some jokes, you know, actual human connection. It's so important because the best way to succeed now, you know, you have to have like this transparency, this trust. If you don't have it, then people start imagining all kinds of things are going on. We have too many bad examples of you know, things that can happen. So when you don't know what's exactly what's going on, you're imagining, oh, they might be thinking of getting rid of me. And, you know, you can just see your boss walk by and have a little chat with somebody else. And you're already thinking all kinds of things. But you have to force yourself to come and have these conversations. It's really, really important. We have to be aware that we're living in a world where we would Maybe all like to be sitting somewhere on a computer and not talk to anyone for a week. But then you're going to see, you're going to miss it because we're naturally wired to connect. Thank you so much.
2: I think you gave us so many different nuggets throughout. As a podcast listener myself, generally when someone shares that much information, I have to listen to it a few times to be able to sort through how I felt about certain things when I heard them for the first time and then to grab the nuggets that really resonate with me so I can start moving myself forward. So thank you for sharing that kind of passion with us, Josie. And. For everyone listening, if you want to connect more with Josie, you can do it on LinkedIn. She's got her website and Twitter it's both Good Vibe Agency, a great way to connect and learn more. We'd like to end our show with a rapid fire Q&A with all of our guests, Josie, it's pretty straightforward. Ten statements, two choices, when you hear the choice, just pick one. Reese is compiling data to really learn about human nature here. Are you ready? Did you just make that up? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm always compiling data.
2: Okay, here we go. Statement one manager or leader? Leader. Active or reactive? Active? Black and white or gray? Black and white. Optimistic or realist? Optimistic. Canada or England? It's real. We'll take
0: that. Yeah, carry on.
2: Heart or head? Heart. Empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Logical or emotional? Emotional. Innovation or process? Innovation thank you for having a bit of fun with us (laughs) thank you for a whole lot of learning i mean your passion your connection your truth is very inspiring
0: yeah i just want to echo what teresa said i mean your passion and your your desire to spread the knowledge is intoxicating and i found myself just listening to you avidly and getting lost in what you're saying and thinking so many things that perhaps i wasn't uh, (laughs) didn't come up with quite so many personal questions because i was so interested in what you're saying and having to process it all. So you know, I'm sure we could listen to you talk about this for days. So uh, I have do- much yeah. better
1: people that you can listen to. Believe me, I'm like very simple when it comes to the actual material. But here's your thing.
2: You had said one of your purposes when you come into this is to spread it to other people. and But this- I
1: don't spread what I'm saying. I'm spreading what the sages are saying, what our yeah. teachers says. I'm right. Michael Lightman's publicist, you know. Mm. These things that I write, it might look like I'm writing it, but I get all these ideas and concepts mm. from from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is
2: part of that ability is getting the platform, being on a podcast, intriguing us. We're like, well, we're definitely going to check this out a little bit more. We're both awakening. We're both growing in this direction. So this is another way to help us continue that growth and be much more effective in it, right? So being here to be able to speak to it
1: and spread it you see this is a conversation this is you know it looks like a little thing but it's it's a it's a you're creating this positive pocket of energy in the world it's it's really important this is what we need to be doing on any scale
0: thank you i love that thank you
2: hey thanks for joining us on this episode of tnt esq with myself teresa quinlan and my co-host reese thomas it was a pleasure having you stop in and listen. Until next time, keep challenging the status quo.